Who's to say you're not crazy? That's the thing about crazy people. They don't know they're crazy. That's what makes them crazy. The only thing you know for sure on this earth is I think, therefore I am. You know that you exist. Anything past that is open to interpretation. A few years ago, I sent in a post to Reddit, basically detailing something I found in the podcast. I don't remember what podcast it is, but the post itself got 50,000 upvotes, 2,635 comments, and was the number one post on the front page of the internet. And I think it's an interesting story, so I'm going to resurface it because I just got reminded about it randomly today. And it's the Rosenhan experiment. And this is how it goes. Uh, if you're confused by the title, stay with me. I'm, I'll explain it later. So it goes, Today I learned that a study sent 12 fake patients to psychiatric hospitals, and all but one of them were diagnosed with schizophrenia. After publication, an offended hospital challenged the author to fool them. He agreed. The hospital then diagnosed 21% of incoming patients as fakes. But in a twist, he sent no patients at all. So the rough takeaway, and I'll explain the part one and part two later, the rough takeaway is that we did not have very much confidence in our psychiatric diagnoses. And I think that was the, the core you know, thread that, that got people super interested. Um, what this title did not say was that this study happened in the 1970s, and hopefully we've progressed a lot since then. But it's still a super interesting study, partially because of the pettiness uh, and partially because uh, it involves a pretty important subject. And the fact that we both don't really know if we're crazy, and even if we think we're not crazy, how do we prove we're not crazy to people who think we're crazy? Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the two parts of the experiment because some of the details are really going to matter. So the first part involved the use of healthy associates of pseudo-patients, three women and five men, including the lead of the study, Rosenhan, um, and they briefly feigned auditory hallucinations uh, to gain access to 12 psychiatric hospitals in the US. All were admitted and diagnosed with psychiatric disorders. So all of them were given the same instructions to follow when presenting. So during the initial assessment, they claimed to be hearing voices, which were unclear, but seemed to pronounce the word empty, hollow, thud, and nothing else. So these words are chosen as they vaguely suggest some sort of existential crisis. But what's important here is that there were no other symptoms claimed whatsoever. Second, if admitted, the pseudo-patients were instructed to act normally, reporting that they felt fine and no longer heard voices. So they were told to present with very vague symptoms and then act completely normal uh, after they were admitted. Um, all of them were admitted based on these very vague, faked symptoms. And they're supposed to get out of the hospital on their own by getting the hospital to release them, so convincing them that they're cured. Uh, the average stay was 19 days, and it ranged from 7 to 52 days. The leader of the experiment, Dr. Rosenhan, actually published his findings in Science and expected to be only there for two days. He was actually institutionalized for two months. And he reported that the only way for him to get out was to admit to the psychologist that, yes, he was insane, but he was getting better. There was no other way. He could not claim that he was sane and try to get out. So that was an interesting and obviously very controversial experiment. And part two was with a different hospital where the staff actually heard of the results of the initial study, but claimed that similar errors could not be made at their institution. So Dr. Rosenhan, again, arranged for them that during a three-month period, he would send in one or more pseudo-patients to attempt to gain admission, and the staff would rate every incoming patient as to the likelihood that they were an imposter. So out of 193 patients, 41 were considered to be imposters and 42 additional people were considered suspect. But in reality, Rosenhan just sat back, relaxed, and sent no pseudo-patients. So they just tricked themselves. Um, so this led to a conclusion that any diagnostic process that lends itself too readily to massive errors of this sort cannot be a very reliable one. So I think it causes a lot of introspection as to how we diagnose and treat mental illness. Obviously, there is some 
uh, debate as to whether or not the methodology of this was valid. Uh, because obviously, if you come in presenting with symptoms, they have to treat you based on your symptoms, even if you're faking them. But their assertion, of course, is that the symptoms were intentionally vague to begin with. So they could have been, they should have been found out in, during the initial assessment. The standard manual for this in the U.S. is the DSM-5, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. And apparently, according to one of the comments, uh, they now require multiple uh, checks of symptoms before they actually diagnose people. So that's one of the improvements that have happened since then. The other thing that is apparently a big story is the deinstitutionalization of mental health patients. A lot of people say that the pendulum swung too far, and there's a lot of you know, not so mentally healthy people on the streets. And that's something that's above my pay grade, but I've definitely seen the results of that in San Francisco. And the final point that I really liked to see was that even though the doctors were not so good at diagnosing whether or not someone was mentally healthy, the other patients were surprisingly very good at it. So a lot of detail here, the Wikipedia and the Reddit thread are really interesting reads. And that's my pick for today. Bye.